0: Welcome to episode 297. It's a Monday recording, something that happens, oh, once in a blue moon, but sitting across the table from me today, in case you missed church this week, you know that these always go off the messages. Well, Ken was out of town, and it wasn't Jeff's turn. It was Bernie's turn. So if you have not listened to the podcast in the last, oh, shoot, probably 25 episodes you won't know who Bernie is. And Bernie is a now, though, right? You guys are confirmed members now. Oh, absolutely. You are whole yeah. lifers. That, we that's, are, whole li- we are part of the club, man. We are part of the <laughs> club. And so uh, Bernie and I met years ago at Forest Lake Church when he was a pastor there, when he came on board. And well, we've done a lot of work together. And Bernie brought the message just past week, threatened by love. And so <laughs> – if you feel threatened, it's okay. It's okay. We are we are walking together. And before we get started, we're going to jump right in because we have way more to talk about than we'll get to. But there was a question. Now, Matt, I am sorry. Ken isn't here this week. So I'm not going to make Bernie answer your question because he it wasn't his message. And uh, he wasn't there that week either. We do have the question. And we are going to answer it next week when Ken is back. Mm. And just but- so you know... If for some reason we miss your question, just please send it to podcast at wholelife.church or 407 965 1607. Those both come directly to me. And then as a Further back up, I am now an administrator on the website chat roll account, so I will be checking to make sure that we haven't missed any questions here on out. So, Matt, doubly sorry because not only was it this question, we also missed his question about two weeks ago. So, you know, it's not like I, – I promise we're not picking on you. And if you feel threatened by me, I'm sorry. I, we, we just – we will work through this and we will get it right. I promise. Make, All right. him, make him buy you lunch,
1: Matt. Make him buy you lunch. <laughs>
0: Thanks. So early on Bernie got serious in a hurry and he was talking about people wanting to throw pastors off a cliff and he he, he actually asked a question what does a pastor have to do to get thrown off a cliff in Florida I mean just being that there's you know really I I doubt there is one If you know <laughs> of one Eldora somewhere maybe <laughs> I don't know Sugarloaf Mountain send me send me the coordinates if you know where one is and we'll we'll include it next week but I don't know about anybody else, but I immediately thought about, like, you know, you've all been to the church where it's – uh you turn and look at the clock when it's one thirty and the pastor says, you guys don't mind if we go a little bit longer today, right? That's about for me when <laughs> yeah. we're ready to throw them off the cliff because I got kids and they're hungry. Right. And, and you're just making my
1: life miserable now, sir. And all the people that volunteer to work with those kids are thinking the exact <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I literally – at the church – at a church I used to pastor – At a certain time, they would start to march the children in. The volunteers in the children's ministry, the Sabbath school, would just walk the children into the back of the church. (laughs)
0: Like, (laughs) it is time. They're like,
1: look, dude, your time's up. It's time to be done. It's time to be done. That was my cue. (laughs) I know,
0: right? Well, the message this week is always—and, of course, it is February, so it is Black History Month. And so it was maybe the perfect message to— kick the month off with because I'm one of those where it's like, look, the bandaid might hurt a little bit. It's, you know, your arm is hairy. It's in the worst possible place. (laughs) You know, the cut underneath is fresh. It's going to start bleeding again. Just rip it off and get it done. And let's talk about what we need to talk about. And, the story of Jesus going back to his hometown, mm-hmm. being the hometown boy that everyone, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's Joseph's boy. When <laughs> you Joseph said that, way. I'm just like, you can totally just see people like, uh-huh, yeah, Joseph, Oh, he's back. <laughs> it literally I? says it in the text, too. It's <laughs> but, like, isn't that Joseph's son? <laughs> but you can totally just see, like, all yeah. oh, everyone's happy. You can almost feel the positive vibes and the mood that's happening. Right. Ah, oh, what about the, them people talking about nothing good come out of Nazareth? That's Joseph's boy, you know? <laughs> right. And you can totally feel that. And then, you know, and immediately in like zero to 60, they're ready to throw him off. They're the ready coast. to chunk him
1: off the side of
0: the cliff. <laughs> off a cliff because you can't be who you say you are. Right. And you can't do what you say you what can do. What you say you can do. And yeah. you had a quote on screen and it said In the ongoing struggle to combat racism and to pursue diversity, equity, and inclusion, we face intense unbelief fueled by false narratives. False narratives perpetuate racism, prejudice, and bias. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard it put into the unbelief idea.
1: Yeah, That's the core issue, if you ask me. Yeah, explain that so that— Unbelief on many, many levels. Number one, there's a sense of unbelief that, you know, for a person who's been told that they are, if you will, superior— there's an unbelief around anyone else being equal. So Mm. there's a lack of a sense of equality that, that that can't be accurate. There's no way that you're the same as me. Right. And so there's that inferiority gets challenged or that the sense that I am better gets challenged. And then I think there's unbelief simply in the sense that there's no way you're capable of, achieving or accomplishing the same thing you don't come from where i come from you haven't experienced what i've experienced you haven't been given what i've been given so how can you possibly so there's just a deep underlying unbelief disbelief in people of color and and it's and it's taught and it's ingrained from it's it's really foolishness is all that it is because at the end of the day we're all people We're all created by god with the same capacity and 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 so forth to to achieve, but sometimes there there are just human structures that prevent those things from happening. And I think that it's a strong sense of well. And, and if you take it even deeper, you could say people believe that indeed God created you know people of color, but He must have created them slightly different, right? And and they're not quite created the same. They're not endowed and blessed in the same way that. That non uh, people of color are, you know, so so there's just a this this really evil stream of unbelief that that I think undergirds a lot of. Bias and prejudice.
0: But we don't know what color Adam and Eve were. No. no. (laughs) Right? Right. I mean, mean, and we don't know. So, like, we don't know who was first or who was when. And we don't really know any part about that. Yeah. That's a
1: structure created by human beings, right? We decided that lighter skin, fair skin is more favorable than dark black skin. It's like they do studies all the time about, you know, if you put a a black baby doll in front of a a kid, any kid, black or white, or a white baby doll, they're going to choose the white baby doll every time. I don't get I don't uh, get it.
0: Yeah, I know we it's just we've but, been But do you think one of the questions that popped into my head when you first said this was kind of nonsense in a way or just that You haven't experienced what I've experienced and I haven't experienced what you're – I mean we all have different life experiences. But that's true of everybody. That's true of everybody. I mean that's true of of me and someone from from China. That's true of me and and someone from any different part of the pot that boils. Like particularly here in Orlando, we've got a pretty good melting pot of everybody. I mean we've got a huge Russian contingency at our church and Brazilian, Caribbean. And I look at this and what you said and I think are the ideas – or is that just a cop-out? Well, you know what? I don't really want to deal with you, so you don't really know me. You don't know what I'm about. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the struggles I've been. And you can't understand because I, I've been told that I can't understand, and there's no way to explain that. And I don't know if that's true or if it's not true. It, it very may well be because the person that said it to me I believe was 100 percent earnest and believed it and wasn't being rude about it. Yeah, yeah. They, they weren't being – confrontational we were just having a conversation yeah. and so i often wonder if that's just like well okay we just can't do this then because i can't understand and you can't understand but are the things in your opinion or in or in your a, your life experience are the things that we think are way out here are they that far or are they really closer and we just don't see it where we could make the where maybe it's not a big a, as big a jump to find common ground as we think, so we, we we miss the opportunity because we go forget it. It's just too far. Yeah, they're never going to listen, or they're never going to understand. They don't want to understand, or is right. it or is it closer? And I and I I don't know the answer. I'm just I'm just asking.
1: Yeah, it could it could definitely be closer in some cases, and and perhaps further apart in some cases. Like you said, everybody comes from a different yeah position. I think again, I I kind of go back to this idea of believing. Do you believe is a better approach to it rather than un- fully understanding? Because, like mm. you said, I don't think we'll ever fully understand. Because you can't understand growing up in the '70s in Little Rock, Arkansas, just down the road from Little Rock Central High School. You,
0: yeah, now that, no, that sure was not. me.
1: I grew up in Arkansas. You grew up in Wisconsin, so. Yeah. So – but what when I tell you the stories and when I share with you when we integrated a suburb in southwest Little Rock, we were the only black family there that on the 4th of July, people shot bottle rockets and – firecrackers and through rocks and there wasn't there's was likely not a day that went by that somebody didn't yell the N-word out the window of their car as they drove by cuz they knew we lived there. Oh. That's yeah, you know, you I mean, you, yeah, you no. can't experience that, you can't relate to it, but no. can you believe that that is true? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and can you believe that that I am telling the truth? And in you know, we have to base that on a relationship and we have the type of relationship where you say, "Oh, yeah, he's got credibility." So I think that's the bigger issue. And I think what we struggle with and the reason there's a lot of tension oftentimes is that people don't always believe black people. They believe they believe some of the narratives out there that 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 just are wacky, stupid stuff. For example, we're in a post-racial culture or we're ever since we've had an African-American president that, see, we all have a race. It doesn't feel problem. like it
0: though. <laughs> no, it
1: doesn't feel like it. And here's the, here's the, the foolish thing about it is, all right, so let's, let's take some other sin, for example, uh, lying. Do we still have a problem with lying in this country? How about I don't think so. Adultery. Not- oh man. How about stealing? Um, yeah, I'd say so. So you're telling me that we've evolved to the point in our country that we have we have overcome racism, man. We got all these other issues, but racism we have we conquered that, man. We're all we all love each other regardless of race or color or story. I don't believe it, <laughs>
0: and it almost feels like in racism, even not just black and white, which is the right. most – You know, that's the the prevalent that yeah. we hear and when we. Everything else gets compared to that, exactly. But there's racism among all kinds of different, like you know, in China and um, the Muslims, and you know, all in China and all these different (laughs) things. And you just go, it's so prevalent everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, and we expect better of ourselves in the U.S. (laughs) At least we used to. I mean, sometimes I wonder. And as Christians, though, we definitely expect better of ourselves. Right. And you know I can absolutely, I'm, yeah, amen
1: to that. As Christians, I absolutely,
0: yeah. Growing up in Wisconsin, it wasn't there; just weren't people of any color. <laughs> it, I mean, it it really was um, like northeast Wisconsin. I, I was born and raised in Titletown, Wisconsin, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yep. Twenty nine years lived there. And towards the end, there was a Hmong community, which I believe is somewhere near yeah, uh, like Vietnam, right. yep. and they came into that was the only
1: color that arrived in Green it, Bay. It, right? Really, I mean, there wasn't.
0: <laughs> and of course, you know, and it and it sounds and it sounds. Really horrible, but right. when I was a kid, yep. everyone knows Green Bay Packers. Most of the players were were white up yep. until right before when I was a kid, mm. and then I mean, but it didn't strike me as a anything. You know, right. when you're a kid, it doesn't strike you at all, right? Until later on when I when I got to the academy, and there was um, a group of friends that all came from Milwaukee, and most of them were in my class, yeah, yeah. and we got to be friends, yeah. But they were the first people that I'd ever met face to face. I mean, not like you go to Chicago, you walk around, you see people, but like someone you actually become friends with. And then for me, I I was like, kind of, what's the hubbub (laughs) about, right? I mean, he's like me. Exactly. Where does it start when, for people that are just like, have such different ideas and racist ideas, where does that begin? I mean, it's taught, but... Or it's learned. It's learned. It's learned. Yeah. And, and are we? I did, think it's. Have we moved away? Have we gotten better in that? At any part? I think
1: there perhaps is some evolution that's happened. Some something has gotten better. And and I it's it's interesting. I, I love your story. And I I think the interesting thing is your friends would have likely recognized potentially rec- recognize things that were what we might call, you know, racist because there are structures that are in place that cater to the dominant or, or, or most, you know, the, the dominant culture there. And so that, that doesn't mean that they're, they were intended necessarily, although some may have been intentional, it's just the structures that were there. And so I think where we sort of begin to turn the corners when we, when we sort of naturally uh, turn against that, or there's something we discern, uh, and I think it's a God thing. God just sort of, mm. you know, makes us aware that this isn't quite right because this isn't treating everyone equally or fairly. And now, for me, for those of us who who experience that, we probably pick up on that right away. Sure, um, but I think for others outside of you know people of color, blacks, then there's just sort of this awareness that happens at some point. And you either benefit from it and go along with it and don't say anything, or you begin to live against it or mm. s- try to operate in such a way that you align yourself with those who are being marginalized. And I think I think that's the real issue, even if you don't fully grasp it. But when you have a sense of you know, I'm probably being treated a little bit better here, yeah, because of and the the popular term, which is super super, inflammatory uh, – not inflammatory, but super super controversial, is white privilege. Is there such a thing? And and I I happen to believe that there is, but you know, I know people are going to argue against that. I just I just think it's um, there has been an advantage. Uh, if indeed your skin is white, you probably don't have as many hurdles to overcome.
0: Right, right. That's no,
1: and a simple observation that I've made over my life. <laughs> and I can give a personal story. Let me give this real quick because this yeah, is no, this is it. pertinent to. So, in pastoral ministry, I, I, I did all the things I was supposed to do. I felt, I felt called as a teenager, like a thirteen-year-old, that I wanted to be a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. Right. I, I didn't. I wasn't born into the Adventist church. I became one as a teenager. So I went to academy at Ozark Academy, did everything I was supposed to do there. I was a leader. I was religious vice president, you know, and then I went to Southwestern Adventist College at the time and enrolled in theology, did everything I was supposed to do there. I was a pastoral. I was like a student pastor. I did all that. I was a student missionary. Dude, I had the resume to to walk right across that stage and and become a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. only problem was I was operating primarily in the Caucasian Adventist space. Okay. And so when it came time to interview, what happens is all the theology majors interview with all the conference presidents from around the union. Okay. That time, that would have been the Southwestern Union. And so that includes any of the regional conference presidents. They come to the same thing. It's a big interview process. So you put on a tie, put on a suit, and you walk in, and all these conference presidents are sitting there. You, you do your best interview because these are the men who can hire you, right? So... I did the best interview. The thing is, I had history there. People knew me. I'd grown up. I'd been, like I said, I'd gone to Ozark Academy. So I had a good track record. I was a leader. They knew me very well, the white guys and the black guys. But no one offered me a job. I went through that whole process, none of them. And I wasn't, I wasn't black enough for the black, past. It was black presidents. Wasn't white enough for the white presidents. So that was that's a real weird tension going on right there, right? What? <laughs> so, so I left there pretty defeated. And oh, and pretty much said, you know, well, I, forget I, this. I don't want to do this anymore. What? <laughs> and so here's, but here's the, ultimately what happened
0: is that, that hurts. That hurts my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I'm finish yeah. your story. Finish your story. Yeah, ultimately, finish what
1: happened story. is um, later that summer. This was in the spring. Then there's graduation in May, and then then hopefully you have a call. Well, I graduated without a call, but I had a couple of classes I had a class to finish. And I was doing that class during the summer, and there was an administrative change in the Texas conference in particular. They brought in a new president, and this president gave me a second look because the church that I've been student pastor in sort of said, hey, he got passed over, but we want him. We love him. Can we keep Can him? Can we keep him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And they went to bat for me and advocated. And and this president said, well, yeah, I don't well, – what's the problem here? Yeah, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah. and so he he had enough vision to say yes, we can hire an African American in a in a white conference, if you will, and that's how I got my start in pastoral ministry. So it's so I I ran up against that in 1994. This is a 1954 is, this is, or 64. It's, it's, it's no, this, this is
0: 1994, <laughs> and that's the part I I I don't know. I, I get. <laughs> I mean, I get why there's racism. I get how people see things on you know on both sides and and all of that and. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't understand I guess and maybe it's because I know you, okay, but (laughs) I'm just thinking to myself the first time that I met you was at God Encounters. Yep. And then the call went out for a new senior pastor at and I nearly got thrown out of (laughs) a certain church church board because I not was like not far from here. Not <laughs> far from here because I'm just like, look, if we're looking for a senior pastor, you know who I want? This is my guy. And one of the, and someone else is like, "Look, Bernie, the the, the two of us, we're going to beat Bernie into your brains until until and I I'm, right. I'm just like, are you kidding me?" Right. Knowing you like I did and even just from a short short little bit of God right. encounters, I'm like, right. "Bernie's authentic. Yeah. Bernie is fun. He's always smiling." <laughs> And if there's one thing that we could use a little bit more of in Christianity and in Adventism specifically is someone that knows how to smile, someone that knows how to deliver uncomfortable things like this past week with – knowing that there's going to be someone in the right. in the audience either online or in house that's probably going to be more than uncomfortable but maybe upset. Yep. And you know that that's going to happen just statistically. Although I have a hard time, I mean whole life has been yeah. with so many communities and there's some cool things that are coming up that I can't wait to tell our church, uh, tell the podcasters about, but we're not going to mm. we're not going to leak that today. But <laughs> just to think about how someone would be like, "Well, I know you're not. I mean, and then to be like, well, you're not. You're not black. I mean, how yeah. do you do this? And and then you you know, and now with mixed race being such right. a, a a norm, right. And you think to yourself, if this is still in, and this brings us to your aunt's story, who yeah. a lady that at least in the black and white photos looks very white, she very white, right? Yes, she does. And, but she even in real life she looks yeah. really white. And but the the kind of abuse that she went Ooh. through. Yeah. As a person, so it's not just about it's not just about skin color, yeah, it's really about that 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 unbelief or that false narrative uh. that is like, well, look." your you know your great uncle on this side was black and so you must be whatever we think of black people yes, or of this exactly. person yeah. that's who you are it doesn't that's matter you what are. you look like doesn't matter
1: what you look like exactly
0: and so th- there is a ton of ways that we treat people horribly in our actions yeah. in in the what we do what we say yep. who we want to be friends with who who becomes part of our inner circle yep. and it's so many more reasons than just skin color <laughs> right yeah. like i mean it is and th- there's a, there's a ton of things that we ostracize people or put yes. them in different boxes Absolutely. and so why is race is it slavery was it that because of the people that were horrifically abroad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. abused for so many years and that the civil war was fought because yeah. and that in yeah. itself is a mess yeah and then when people look at the whole history what is it about just a, a skin color that can make somebody like? Well, here you go. Here's your stamp. Or, Wear it well. Yeah. And then, and then and then well, okay. Now we're done with you. Right. It is. Is it's, it is it just that easy? That that I, we do. I think
1: it? sadly because we're all we're sinful and broken people, and we we lack the yeah the capacity without really the the love of Jesus flowing through us to yeah. see beyond. The exterior, right? And so it's it's like if if we could learn to love like Jesus commands us to love, and this goes for all of us sitting in the church too, Mm, mm. then we would we wouldn't stop at simply looking at someone's color. We could recognize the color and then recognize that there is a culture that comes with that color or assume certain assumptions about there's a culture that comes with that color. We don't even know. These days you got all shades of people yeah, yeah. that come from all kinds of different cultures. And so um, we just can't stop at the exterior and make simple assumptions. Like you say, we can't put the stamp on people. And so it challenges challenges all of us to go deeper with people, whoever they are. Hmm. But, you know, I, I think to a certain extent you can make some assumptions. In the, well, it's not good to make any assumptions probably. <laughs> but I think you do have yeah, to acknowledge or recognize that there is a historical – connect to black people in particular in this country and it it may go back to slavery it may go back to civil war times it may go back you know wherever that connection is we 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 have that history and my my grandfather and my great-grandfather on my mother's side there's certainly a history of slavery on my mom's side for sure and so you know i live with that but again as someone mentioned in one of the questions the people today didn't didn't weren't yeah, around yeah. back then maybe their ancestors were they weren't you know so there's that but the, that's not a cop out because we we still have the sin of racism and and we have we have structures that in, that are in place from way back when that still treat people unequally and so we still all have to deal with it i think we just have to really really or we we have to be willing to engage people beyond the the assumptions that we often make about different cultures, and and sadly we've been skewed uh, on black people through media, through all sorts of media that that give this certain narrative about uh, who we are and what we're capable of doing, and those yeah. those are super super harmful. So.
0: Well, I like it mentioning that question that was Trafina and she's always Trafina always comes up with the best questions. Great her, her, question, Trafina. If you're yeah, listening,
1: thank you for that.
0: Her and Zoe, her daughter, uh, they come in pretty much every week with but they're prepared, they're listening and yeah. they're going like, Wait a minute, I've got questions and I yeah. love it. But you made it clear there that, that you weren't saying that because someone might say something like white privilege or they weren't there at that time, so why is it right. my problem? My family came over on, you know, whatever. It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was after all that. Yeah, sure. And, and you're like, well, it's not, we're not blaming anyone. We're just saying that, <laughs> yeah. look, whether you were here or your ancestors were here, and even if your ancestors were here and they were against it, right? it, 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 it doesn't absolve where we're at now. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I don't want to say that it doesn't absolve. That's a bad word. It doesn't solve, solve anything.
1: anything because
0: right. maybe they were on the right side of things exactly. and yay for them if they were. Right, right. But even if that was all true, we're still where we we're are today. Where we are. So, yeah. you know, if you want to say white privilege, if that, if that triggers you yeah. in some way, then don't think about it that mm-hmm. way. Think mm-hmm. about it a different way and yeah. just say, look, even if your ancestors did everything right and you've done everything the best you can, we all have room to improve. We're, we all, all, we're all broken people. I loved how you said that. Yeah. But how do we get the people that would say, "Well, this isn't my problem because yeah. I don't—I I may not be doing anything on the on the positive or the negative. I'm somewhere in the center, and I'm just standing by." Yeah. And so, I'm my, just neutral. Why does it matter what they think? Even if the racists and the bigots, as like you said, we know who you are and what Jesus can do through us. What, what does it matter if we believe that? Then what does it matter what they think? Is hmm. it just because we we can't really you have to take a side here, don't you?
1: I feel like yeah as, as a Christian I want to say as a, as a christ follower there's no neutrality here. I think that you know we represent God in his kingdom and we represent his love, and so we can't ignore when um you know there's injustices or or inequality with with other children of God, if you will, so I think we do have to be intentional. How intense and how intentional that looks, I don't know. But it could be as simple as something that someone told me uh, just literally this past week. They heard the same message, and they said they were in a hotel. They're spending the night in a hotel, and they got up the next morning. You know how you go down and get the free breakfast? Mm-hmm. So they were down getting the free breakfast. And th- usually there's a news channel that's on, right? And yeah. so there was someone else in there. It's like just these two people. And the one guy was a worker and then there was my friend and they were having a conversation on the on the news channel about the Washington football club having to change their name. And now they're announcing their new name. Right. Yeah. The Washington commanders, commanders or something like that. Yeah. And this guy, the worker, was just going off. That's so dumb, man. Why Why are we having to why are they having to change their name? That's just people are just too sensitive. And and it's the PC, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. my friend took that moment to sort of walk through the crowd with and <sighs> and and he said listen if you if you understand the atrocities that were committed against those who are native to indigenous people um if you understand how offensive that language is and that terminology is the name of that fo- the former name of the football club then you might have a better appreciation for why that's so important that that name was changed. Now, people will debate back and forth all that. My point in sharing that is that I think that's a good example of, of at least trying to acknowledge and lend some level of belief to the fact that there have been great atrocities done and that we still live in an era where we're feeling the ripple effects, that there's still structures in place that are slowly getting torn down that black people in particular are are still dealing with. So I, I know it's – again, I keep going back to this idea at some level you have to – there's a conversion that happens yeah. and you begin to believe. If it was easy, we'd have solved it already. <laughs> we'd have solved it already. <laughs> right? And it's not. It's really difficult to help people believe uh, believe something. And you'll hear, all, again, I think I said it in the Q&A time, that it, it gets really twisted because it gets politicized. So oh, if, yeah. you're, if you do believe that there have been uh, – if there are still issues with race in America, then you're on a certain side of the aisle. And if you don't believe, you're on the other side of the aisle. And I just think it's so foolish because – uh, you know, it's almost like if you could just if you could just live the life of an African American for, you know, for a certain amount of time and 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 walk as you know walk a mile in our shoes, then you might have a better appreciation and come to believe it. But even then, some people will
0: refuse to. No, <laughs> and, I, and I think I hate I'm with you when you said that. That was a big amen for me because the older I get, the less. I believe in politics in side taking. Yeah. Because I'm like, well,. Maybe a little bit of this, maybe exactly. a little bit of that. Exactly, and it's like we all throw up in our mouth and we pull the lever for the least atrocious candidate that they give us, you know. And um, you know, and so I, true. And then in the other races, like local, I'm always like, "Look, you get two years, and then I throw you out. You're the incumbent. You're out. I don't even care if you're doing a good job. You're out because that way you're not going to get rich and right. powerful, and you'll, I'm, I'm, prepa- I'm keeping you from the fall. Exactly. You know. Exactly. The, uh, anyway, that big public failing. Yeah. But I, I hate it because it's like if you. Have an idea, even if it's just one idea that you right. resonate with one party with, and it's right. like, well, then you're a racist, you're, or, or exactly. you're not a racist, or exactly. you're woke, and you're not woke, or yep. and it's just like the conversation <laughs> can't even get started before it's it even it even begins, or, or it, there, there's no traction. Exactly. And, but the problem, I think, also, and the one thing that I wrote this down as you were preaching because I didn't right. want to forget it, I don't ever hear in day to day conversation the N word. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't – it's not just like we all walk around and people just use no. the term. Right. Maybe in pop culture, maybe in some yep. music or things. Yep. But you, you choose to listen right. to that. So to me, racism now is even maybe worse than before and mm. it's that it's covert. Exactly, because yeah. it, it's not—it's not just words. Right. People aren't shooting bottle rockets into your front no. yard like they. they no, they don't, most people don't have the guts to do that. No. Like they would have if they're still—if there's still that level of will anxiety. Shoot something else back, right? right exactly. <laughs> it's more subtle in. In, it is for what you see. What ways is it subversive and maybe not as visible as traditional ways previous generations? Because I think that's another confusing part to people who don't understand it. Right. And they go, right. "Well, look, they're not burning crosses anymore. They're not shooting bottle rockets right. into Bernie's front yard anymore. Right. But now, right, it's hiring processes, hiring processes and yeah. the, the banking system, the way it was set yeah. up, and you know, in in housing, the housing. Way, the way that that was. So many Red people lost. And, oh, yeah, yeah. redlining. And so all those things, and we know about that if you've studied your history, but I don't think people see that now. They just see it. They don't even see it, yeah. And especially here in Orlando because if you go to whole life church, you see a lot of really successful – Yes, people of of all colors. Yeah, exactly. And so you go, well, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. What do you see that maybe the rest of us don't that you can let us in on – that might be another way that we go, oh, that's not cool. Right. Or this is something that maybe we have an in that we can yeah. just, just like you said, walking. I I'm assuming this is part walking of that walking, through walking through the crowd. Yeah. And I just feel like those are things that maybe a lot of us don't pick up on.
1: Right. No, that's a great question. And you know, outside of the hiring practices things and and the, the housing things, obviously, I think there's I think there's still biases when it comes to African Americans attempting to to rent a property or even purchase a home. I think there's been multiple, uh, you know, people telling their stories of if they called and they had a certain, they sounded a certain way, uh, or if they had their white friend call and sound a certain way, that that interest rate train changed real quick, and or the availability of a property changed, changed real really quick. quick. Yeah, yeah. So those things probably still exist. We probably there are probably a lot of things. In healthcare that aren't seen too, and I wonder about, you know, people, low, you know, socioeconomic status, and a person of color, and how they're treated in a hospital setting, the access to care, etc. There's a
0: ton of research. Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of work with Advent Health, and, and, right. and that's on their that's on their radar. Doctor Alrick Simmons is leading Perf- the charge exactly. Yeah, and so that's a definite. I mean, I, and that may not be something everybody knows about, right. but your level of care. In yes. like in it's like prenatal and postnatal care for yes. a black woman. Yes. It's I mean yes. that if that doesn't tear your heart out and just like exact bring you to like what in the almighty is going on <laughs> right. help us, Lord. <laughs> I mean 'cause yeah. I mean it's two thousand and twenty two. It's two thousand and twenty two. And yet they can they can break everything down by zip codes yeah. and go. The, the quality and the access to care quality and access
1: to care the believability around the pain mm. when when black women experience pain the physician is likely less likely to believe their actual you know that they're uh, you know that they're talking about their actual pain level but again, that's just one area where there is that discrepancy i believe and you know i think higher practice again i and right now we're walking through this with the nfl you know how many african american oh, coaches yeah. We have and and it and it's and it's always this thing that you want to hire the best qualified person, but are you taking a look at all of the best qualified people? people. Are you not, you know, making sure that that pool, if you will, is very big and it and very colorful, for lack of a better way to put it? And I think the the NFL could be guilty of that. There are probably other environments that are you know in the corporate world that are guilty of not just not looking at because. Either two things are happening. Either you're just going with the people that you know and you just don't know any people of color, right? So you're not expanding beyond your your sure. your, your base of people, your sphere of influence. Or it's something more sinister than that, right? Yeah. You just don't want anybody in there. Or you believe that there's an African American or person of color that is incapable. It goes to identity and, like ability, and ability, right? Yeah. Is this is this does that person really have the ability? Because all the stereotypes tell you that black people aren't as smart as white people. That you know, all these things that we've that are ingrained in us. We didn't invite them in. This was environment building the stuff into us. And in some, at some level, subconsciously, there's still perhaps among NFL owners that belief: if I get this coach, he's not going to be quite as sharp. This African American coach isn't going to be quite as sharp as the white. So
0: now but Flores they would deny that Flores but. Th- throws that on its head when when the owner is sending him text exactly. messages and offering him 100 grand <laughs> to throw games to get draft picks exactly and he did it with a i mean <laughs> arguably a not very good quarterback right but you can't but then it's like well right. it's a mess
1: it's a mess yeah so all all that to say is i i think the to be to be fair and, and if you look at your leadership and and it's clear that it's it's you know it's all middle-aged white males then again, sure they may be the most qualified, but but is there is there place is there space for more qual other qualified people, just as qualified people, just as talented people that are also people of color in a, in a corporate world or in another setting? And it just feels like it should be right. We shouldn't yeah. have these exclusive sort of all one uh, culture or one you know one color sort of. Uh,
0: leadership makeup so absolutely i mean i think you look at when you meet someone and you wonder what's what are these parameters that and how do how does right. the average person speak up right and you want to walk through the crowd and you want to be like right. man like i was like dude bernie's a guy that should be seen yeah, pastor at this yeah church. you walk through and, the crowd and, yeah and i want to do that and i didn't think of it as walking right. through the crowd i was no. just like i know bernie And I like him. Right. And I can see that this guy would be amazing as a senior pastor. Right. Right. And so – But you were
1: taking a chance, right? You were going on a hunch and a gut feeling. And some – the people around you, they were making a bigger decision. Uh, To them, they were making a big decision. And they're looking at all the other things. And they're saying, hmm, we're not sure that this one will work. And it probably went to what will the outside world think – and then, is this person really capable of pulling this off? And in their minds, they decided, well, we're not really willing to take that chance, and we're, we're not really willing to, to to pass the eyeball test on this one. <laughs> and that's the that is yeah. the that is the huge barrier, Rainey, I would say is that people who really are committed to this this journey of you know uh, of equality and di- diversity and so forth, they have to be willing to say it may not. Or the the thing that's going to be done may not even get done in the way that we've been taught that it should be done. Right. Yeah. Right. The the, the, I don't know if this is an appropriate you can edit it out, maybe. But but the the stereotypical way that, you know, that people look at a, a quarterback for an NFL team is is the the white quarterback. He drops back and he throws a great pass. Right. The the black quarterback has an option, though. He's going to run it potentially. He might be able to drop back, but he could also take off and run the ball and gain some yards that way. And and all I, I say that simply to say that if you hire an African-American, it may not get done the white way. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it may get yeah. done a different way, and that's okay that it doesn't look like. And it may be better or it may challenge you a bit, right? I'm just saying that we've got to be willing to take that journey, that it's not always going to be done the white way because the white way isn't always the right way, right? But
0: he, he, let's, let's keep with that analogy because yeah. sports <laughs> is easy. And I would suggest then Doug Williams. Doug Williams, An yeah. elite passer in yep. his time. And yep. he was cerebral like you hear the, the – ter- Exactly. All the terms that you would typically hear of a white, white quarterback, pastor, yeah, they gave to Doug Williams in his Super Bowl. <laughs> That guy was on fire. fire. I hated him (laughs) only because I was a John Elway fan and a Bronco fan at that time as well as a Packer fan. But I really love John Elway and I'm like, are they gonna lose again (laughs) Again. to Washington? I hate Washington. (laughs) Hate the NFC East. Anyway, but but to the point So what if it gets done this way or that way? Exactly. As long as and and I would say in Christian circles, as long as it's done with the love of Jesus pushing yes. pushing the cart forward. Yes. Then you know we may all have to get used to because I'll tell you. Yeah, the the people that often get hired. Yeah, in light of what could have been, everyone had to make an adjustment for them too. Yes, because you know no matter who you hire, it's not the person before. Right. I think it's just that we don't trust God to do what God. He's going to do. Amen. Because we're back to the unbelief. We don't believe God. We can, don't believe. God's going to do what He said He can do, exactly. and that He's capable of making or allowing that person's gifts to shine through for what He needs. Absolutely, and I think that's I think that's the problem. A lot of it comes back to trusting ah. God. <laughs> oh man, I did love though, and I, we're, well, wow, we're we're about out of time. Well, <laughs> but I, there's some, we haven't talked about all Sandra yet, and that's where I, well, <laughs> well, we're, we're coming there now. Here's the thing, Bernie mm-hmm. did such a good job during the message. I'm like, if we're going to talk about something. The thing I want you to go, and if you swipe up in today's show notes, you will find the links to go right to watch the the sermon. You can listen to it on Speaking of Grace, which is also in the show notes. There's also a link in the show notes today to his aunt's book. Yeah. This is your grand, grand aunt, I, yes. easy for me to say, <laughs> and Sandra Johnson. Yep. And the name of her book was? White, White, Skin, White Skin, Black Soul. Black Soul. And yep. I, I'm getting it because I got to read this because – she was part of the Little Rock 5, which came after the Little, Little Rock, Rock Nine, 9, which was the first integration in Little, Little Rock, Rock Arkansas. Just Little like, Rock Central High School, yep. And it was an amazing story. <laughs> and I the I liked her right away. I mean, Bernie, you, <laughs> the best part is <laughs> – the whole time that Bernie is telling this story, he's like this proud, you know. Family yes. were just like, you know, "That's answer. That's my and, 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 and you, you know, Bernie's got an infectious <laughs> smile with the big teeth and the dimples. Anyway, so you just watch the pride in. Oh my gosh! And, and that's yeah. part of what made the most impact to me. And it, it right. was I, I get what's happening here. This is huge. Right. 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 Huge. Right. Right. No. No. Downplaying that. No. Yeah. But what it really brought out to me was how. People, even in in growing up as an African American in a deeply segregated area yep. in a hotbed of politicization of race yep. uh, of all these things, yep. and what Bernie and I'm not and again I don't want to diminish anything in in, in Bernie's journey that I don't know about or yeah. I don't understand, but to watch somebody talk about a family member who other people threw things at called. Mm. I'm sure more even horrific things yeah. than the n-word like you didn't you didn't yeah. you didn't spell those out for yeah. us and but and then to see the proud oh my god the proud family member the proud yeah. uh just nephew here just going like this is my aunt this mm. is my heritage mm. and owning all of it and yeah. saying yeah there there was bad there was there was good yes. and there was there was there was Activism, there was it's movement, in yeah, the, yeah. and so you know. A lot of times, I think we we look at this, and you're like, "Holy cow!" There's a, a hundred and one, thousand and one, million and one <laughs> things we can worry about, and treating each other with the love of God and being and treating mm. each other as equal should be right there in the mm. like our top things to do, Amen. right? Amen. But it feels like when we don't see people like Bernie telling stories like you're telling, and and it's hard. I get it when you don't have friends. Right in other places that have had those that, and not everyone's willing to share. Right, some people are really scarred to the point where they're like, "Or yeah. oh yeah, or yeah. I've heard you don't deserve that story. Mm. We're, we're not close enough right. yet, and you don't get that, you story. Don't get that story only yeah. only when you get to a certain level. And we're still in a point where we don't have a lot of those relationships. We don't have enough of them. Let's right. just say that there's right. probably a lot of them, but there's not enough of them. Yep, and to see though someone tell the story of. Being a champion for the right cause. And, you know, the, she was on the front line. You talked to her last week <laughs> yeah. on, on the phone, and you, you know, said it could have been a three hour phone conversation. <laughs> and the family and the pride that goes into it shows that, look, that, that dispels to me. That dispelled all of the unbelief. Even if I didn't know right. you, I'm watching this and I'm right. going. There's diversity. There's equity. And there's inclusion in my family. Right. And we're all in this. And we're just asking you, like you said at the end of your message, we're just asking you to to walk with us yep. through this. Yep. So I'm gonna let Bernie tell Auntie's story oh. <laughs> uh, in the in, in there. Because we still have questions to ask, and we're going to be over an hour before we're <laughs> out of here, and so I was like, "What part can we? What part can you get in the message that I can't do justice oh, with in asking yeah. questions?" So I'm going to do that, but just know that that story is not to be missed. So that just watching Bernie <laughs> tell the story is worth the price of admission, and it's free. By yeah, the way, it's you can catch totally it. Totally free. <laughs> you can catch it audio and or in video. Well, and, let me jump in here
1: because yeah. I think. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. has this great thing that he said, a great quote as he has a gazillion great quotes. But he talked about – and I tried to remember this in the sermon. I think first service I didn't remember and then second service I did or something like – anyway. But he calls it the (laughs) thingification of a a human being and that's what he's referring to, how people look at African-Americans – Uh, obviously through his era and and still to this day at some levels that when you see somebody, as just a thing. You can do whatever you want to with them, right? You dehumanize them. And what I wanted to do in a big way is just tell the story about, you know, my aunt Sandra so that there's a more of a humanization of her, both from the era that she grew up in and she lived through and even right now and that's why i said hey i talked to her just this week she's yeah. still around she has lived beyond this story there are more stories that are being told about her and she has shattered those false narratives and she is and i said i like i can't wait to introduce you to her right because i just wanted you to understand that she's she's real she's human she's and she's a wonderful woman Even not because of what she's been through, but partly because of what she's been through, but also because of who she is today and who she became despite what she, you know, had to overcome. Yeah. So anyway, just the humanization of black people is is maybe that's even like a primary goal for African-American History Month, right? To look back and say, oh, those were real people that were mistreated. They weren't just things. Those were human beings that – you know people treat their dogs better than than that. than that, and so it's yeah
0: it's difficult when you start talking about numbers and I think with Whoopi Goldberg being in the mm. news this week with the Holocaust and people <sighs> yeah. you know you you start talking about seven million people, and then all of a sudden it's like well, that's just a number. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's not those, right. Who? Yeah, well, seven million. I mean, there's what eight billion people on the planet. Seven right. million. I right. mean right. And and it just becomes cliched to say mm. that because the further we get away from that history, yeah. the the less it means. Right. Because we say you, American slavery. You don't. Yeah, you don't have you don't have yeah. skin in the game. Right. 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 And here, I, that's the other part I thought was unique though was because. Even though it wasn't you, it was her. Yeah. That there's a connection to right. There's a connection to this story yeah. that is, uh, you know, you Google it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, know, you can. You, it, this is history. This is, this is history. Is, this is real history. Exactly. And to have she a She lived like,
1: there, she was in it. She was right in yeah. the midst of it. Right. Yeah. And so, but that's um, unique. Yeah. I
0: think that's the part. I think you're right. The humanization part is. Very hard very easy to overlook because we don't realize in some cases that we're doing it. Yeah. Or we do realize and go, well, yeah, but that was that was that was a long time ago. Right. I mean, right. what does that mean to me today? Right. right. But to, to know that she is still here. She's still living a, a still living life still and living she's had life. many accolades uh and past that professionally. Yeah
1: flight attendant and just this this very real sense of her own identity who she is and what she's capable of doing and that was that was you know to 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 again to affirm the the black family in the book, she talks about how strong her family was, her mother and father, how they supported her. And one of the stereotypes out there is just that the African-American family just is, you know, nothing. It's, it's in shambles and we have our issues. There's no question about that. Well, and, and all families saying. do, but I, mean, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. have you seen,
0: have you seen the statistics for everybody Every, in the yeah. nuclear family? It's not really, it's not great.
1: But again, that stereotype that sure. is out there, but she in an era when it was very difficult, her family was was a very real place of strength and grounding for her, and I think that that's important to bring out too that there were strong black families that lived through the most tumultuous time you know in in history for African americans really and um well yeah. and, and there
0: still are there you know, there yeah, still are a yeah, lot exactly. of strong and i I did want to read a quote that you gave from uh, Aunt Sandra because I thought it was something I want to put on my daughter's wall as a strong woman because she said, but more importantly, I was a black person who was exhibiting pride, strength, who was not seeking anyone's approval or friendship. Although I didn't reject friendship, making undesirable friends or getting their endorsement was not my mission or goal. Adults pay attention because I think (laughs) the other part about this that really struck me was it's so much easier to let... And it doesn't have to be just racism. This can be right. this can be gossip. This can be a ton of things. And I'm, I'm not I'm not comparing those two, mind you. Right. But I'm just saying this. There's a lot of applications here where if we're really exhibiting pride in ourselves, yes, and strength, yes, of whoever we are, whether we're black, white, yep. or any nationality, any person, right and we're not seeking their approval or friendship we should be seeking jesus approval yes. and friendship to knock off these unbeliefs and these false yes. narratives yes. then the right people god will bring to us and we be, and this solves so many problems this solves a lot of issues yeah. if we take what she realized was look I'm not going to make you happy. You right. happy. You happy. Exactly. So first off, I got to know I am good with me identity yep. and and who you are. And yep. if you know that you're God's child, Hallelujah. Uh, exactly. Things are going to go way better. Way better. <laughs> in your impact and you're walking alongside yeah. through the crowd is going to happen. Exactly. I love that, that was, quote.
1: Same here. And yep.
0: so that really stuck out. And I'm like, so I, I am definitely ordering the book because you have me intrigued of the story alone. I love history yeah. stories. All right, so we did have two questions from Q and A that we didn't get to, and cool. the first one is, uh, and there was two parts, but Tammy answered it. But I want to read the first part is, "What does walking through the crowd look like for a church body?" Mm-hmm. And I, I would even add, "What does that look like for whole life if we start getting this right, like all the time or pretty close to all the time, like right. as best as we can?" And their their follow up comment was. You know, is Atara here just because it's Black History Month, mm-hmm. or is this is this something that you know will happen more often? Right. And so Tammy answered that just to make sure the person understood that Atara is one of our yeah. leaders. Uh, she's, she's a big upfront a
1: lot, and, yeah. and she's
0: she's <laughs> one of our upfront leaders, and she does an amazing job as she did this yes, week. Exactly. So it wasn't just. Yeah, because let's, it's,
1: let's put the person of color in there this right. week because it's it's convenient and and it's,
0: it's easy to do it and even for yeah. the right reasons because you should it 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 should be a black person right right, right. and and that yeah. I think that's totally appropriate but what does walking through the crowd look like at Whole Life Church what what do we look like or what do we do is there is there things that we'll see as yeah. we get better on this journey
1: yeah I think I think this past weekend was a good. Model and you know I'm sure we'll continue, but we saw we saw a white woman talk about her journey of becoming a believer, if you will. She wasn't sure that African American History Month. I'm speaking of Tammy would should matter to her, and and it, it does it involve her? Does it you know? And she she has come through this journey, so she's modeling as a church leader, as a pastor at the church, as an, a person of influence in the church, as a white woman. She's saying I had to kind of go on this journey of understanding and and coming to know more about the contributions of African Americans and I think that's a good model to have um we had a message that was challenging hopefully to us all as a church family to say you know let's let's open our eyes a little bit wider let's let's get in and in um, start to align ourselves in such a way that we begin to learn and that we begin to grow. And let's get uncomfortable so that we can uh grow in this area. So we, we there was a prophetic call too, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's testimony, prophetic call, and then I think there was there was an intentionality to it too. I think I yeah it wasn't tokenism that Atara, you know, did the online. No, absolutely. It it was it was intentionality. I think there's a significant difference. So the fact that we were intentional around making sure that a young African-American woman was represented and up front, um, I just think that was a good model. There's certainly more that can be done, but the fact that whole life even has this conversation and allowed me to share in this way says that we're at least, that we're open to it. And so I think think that alone just um, speaks well and it's walking through the crowd. And now everybody in the church... Had to leave the church and go out and and have a greater awareness perhaps of the what's going on with people of color around them, yeah. and maybe it will maybe it will challenge them or encourage them to engage a conversation absolutely or to ask more questions in an appropriate way so yeah, and we'll do more of it. I'm sure. You know, yeah. that's the, that's Ken's heart, and that's absolutely. the heart of the leaders and our pastors. So that's a big part of why I'm at Whole Life Church too. <laughs> no, abso-
0: absolutely. I, I would rather hear about racism, social injustice, mm. any kind of any kind of thing that are in our blind spots. Right. Where I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. But it might manifest itself in a way that you've never considered right. before. Right. And so the best of us may not have it all figured no, out we, we probably don't, don't. No, and so no. we all have blind spots and so if i want an ouch i want an ouch from bernie yeah i want an ouch from atara yes i want a uh, uh, from my family from, from my from yeah. my family and, yeah. and i've appreciated since ken's day 1 that we are family yes and so our families have uncomfortable conversations Yeah. Families say stupid things sometimes. Really, Really, you know, and uh, (laughs) families rarely all agree on everything, and you know, so there are challenges, and we understand that. And but we're also about living like Jesus, and saying we're going to give, we're going to give you grace. I I expect grace in return because we're we're living that life, and so I want to hear if there's something that's in my life that needs to change. I want to hear that from a friend. Yes, it's safe. And if it's safe, we all learn, we all grow. Yep. And if I have a problem, I can come to Bernie and say, I yes. don't understand why you said that. Because <laughs> right. I exactly. think, am I wrong? Right. And you can say, bro, from my perspective, absolutely, you're wrong. Exactly. And then we can have that out and yep. and, and, we, and we'll, we'll hug afterwards. Exactly. And we'll be good. Right. All right. No,
1: totally agree. Well, and that, understand this, that if I made you mad and you got up and walked out, <laughs> it's perfectly good. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you. Hey, man, I give you the benefit of the doubt because we're family. Yeah, When, when you're family, you do that, yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, that person just not having a great day or they clearly have a problem with me and we're going to have to talk later. And
0: that's okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now that's, but you
1: get, totally get the benefit of the doubt.
0: That's big. Yeah. That's big. Okay, last question from Anonymous. I used to not really think about people having different skin color. <laughs> I knew that the color of their skin was different, but I didn't really think anything of it. I feel like I noticed that more now. Is that wrong, or is it just part of awareness?
1: I think it is probably just growing in our own awareness. I, it's it's really a funny thing. I always i I don't like people to walk on eggshells in any situation. No, I I, I want people to just be who they are. Don't tiptoe around me. If you see my black skin, don't don't try to be something you aren't. Don't try to. You know, just be you, and if if you come across wrong to me, or if I come across wrong to you, let's engage there and come to some level of understanding. That's always my deal. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to be offended. I'm not looking to to be celebrated per se because of my blackness. Um, yeah, I I think you have to recognize that there's of the blackness, right? You can't just ignore that. Um, but I, I don't need you to do anything special for me. Right. No. So, yeah, yeah I man. think it's just a greater awareness. Wow. And that's fine. And let's just let's just be on the journey together because.
0: I think those are the opportunities where you just have to go. Look, is it OK if I ask a question? Exactly. And you say yes or no. Yep. Uh, you know, not today. I will, you know, and exactly. if it's a bad day. Right, right. If it's Let's bad, ju- let's yeah. do this a different time. I'm totally open to it. I right. just I can't right now. Right. Because that's that's the only caveat I have. It I will has to say. be
1: a sincere question from the heart. Yeah. It has to be in pursuit of I'll I'll use this word, it's a very deep word, an important word, intimacy. You got to be Ooh. you got to be after something Deeper than just trying to have an answer to a popular culture question, it's got to be an interest in who I am. Yeah, why do you want to know? Yeah, why do you want to know? What's what's your point in asking? What's what are you trying to get at? And now you could probably ask me, and you, I wouldn't be offended. You know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> um, so, but um, but you know, yeah, to, a lot of people would be highly offended, right? Yeah. But. You you got to come with the sincere heart that says that you're on the journey. You want to. You are in the crowd, or you're walking with us through the crowd, and this is just part of your journey. Don't yeah. don't come with any foolishness about you know just yeah to be foolish. So.
0: So we're just going to we're going to throw everything else out the window. We're not going to go. Though We answered the questions. Thank you for those. Because next week it is a rise to spiritual justice with Ken Wetmore. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. The other part is next week is episode 298 and then 299 and then 300. We're still looking for more ideas of what we should do and where we should go and how we should tape episode 300 because it's kind of a kind of a milestone 300 episodes that's a lot and so again if uh i'm gonna just keep throwing it out there ken wants to do this from the disney princess castle so if you have a hookup make sure you send in the hookup as soon as we can so we get (laughs) so we can get that scheduled uh bernie you don't have a uh, you don't have any connections at disney do you
1: I actually do. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, you might want to talk to Ken. He's really, really his, his, you should have seen his eyes light up sitting right in your chair there when he said, "What about the Disney? What if we could tape the podcast from the Disney Princess Ooh. Castle?" I'm like, "Oh, I was thinking like beach or someone's pool in their backyard." You, your aspirations are way up here. So, so what? We're all, we're in here like over an hour, but I hope that today's conversation, I. I feel like I was blessed by today's conversation. I always feel blessed when I get a chance to hang out with Bernie um, just because he's my friend and I love it when he preaches and it's always a different perspective and I love that. And also, and I forgot to put this in my show notes, so forgive me, but swipe up in today's show notes. There will also be links, a link, excuse me, (laughs) this episode will be included in that link. But all of our... Previous episodes on racism, we did mm. uh, multi parts, uh, two series. We did the, we did a George uh, episode on George Floyd. Wow! And so all of those episodes will be in one collection for you to click on. Not as a anything other than just I want you to know that this is something that Whole Life Church has definitely uh, we we take seriously. We want to have those conversations. We want to be better together, and the only way we do that, of course, is by having these conversations as a family there's a lot of good information and there's a lot of good discussion and tips and and, and all kinds of things that, that went into those. And so those will also be in today's show notes because I want to be able for you also to be able to share those. If there's people that you know that struggle with this and would like to hear someone else's perspective, this might be the easiest way to walk through the crowd with with us together as a family is to share this with maybe someone you're not comfortable maybe mm. talking to about it just yet, but like, hey, this is something I found interesting, and something I want to get better at, learn more about, be better at, and share it that way. So it might be one way you can do that. So, as always, thank you, Bernie. Appreciate you, you coming Randy. in. And good um, stuff,
1: man. Great coffee too. Yeah, great, <laughs>
0: yeah. We do it all here at the podcast. <laughs> and so that is going to do it for this week. Again, you know, if you got a hook up, send us or a good idea for three hundred, let us know. And then next week, uh, Jeff and Ken will be back. It's Ken on back to We'll be back to the Arise series with Spiritual Justice. So that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening as always and sharing and have a great week.